This is Sirius FM on 105.7 Broadcasting in the East Rand. Yes, I've just gone 8.28 Central African time. At that time of the morning, where you join us on quick fire Q&A with uh, our beloved Mufti Ibrahim Smith from the Cape. Yes, he comes from a place called Skarpskral. Pure, beautiful, and wholesome. Mufti Ibrahim Smith, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful Jumma morning, Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Shafat and uh, Yusuf and mashallah, all our wonderful listeners out uh, there on this uh, Friday as we are, uh, you know, ending off the beautiful month of uh, Rajab. This is uh, probably the last Friday of uh, the month of Radab G. Now, Mufti, I'm going to tell you something. They're not out there. Why are you making them the out there in Kruger National Park? The out there <laughs> on top of the tape. They're with us, Mufti. They're right here sitting in the sitting room in the studio. They're not out Scattered. there. Scattered they're not across the globe, uh, Shafat. That's a beautiful part of this uh, segment. You know, there's people from across the globe, from Canada, from America, from Thailand, from so many places, Australia even, that the people sending us messages, you know, that they are tuning into this particular show, G. Yeah, we got them all on the World Wide Web. I'm sure you look at the web of a spider. It may seem like it's out there, but all in the web. Anyway, Mufti Saab, questions have been coming through you fast and furiously. This one says, uh, Assalamu alaikum. I just want to know why is it necessary to send large teams uh, to Turkey to assist couldn't uh, more money be sent if fewer teams uh, and fewer members went? Quite a probing question, Mufti Saab. Yes, uh, Shafat, I think I concur. I think uh, I agree with that, you know. It is uh, not beneficial to send a team of 20 uh, unless it's medical uh, doctors, but the ordinary volunteers, etc. That money spent on them, on expenses, etc. to get them there, that could be uh, used, you know, uh, in other places, it could be used for aid, for assistance, uh, to purchase uh, medical equipment. Because you must remember, South Africa is not the only place in the world that they send teams from uh, multidisciplinary uh, aid agencies. Uh, people from across the globe, countries have sent in teams. Uh, I've just heard that from one uh, respected uh, Maulana that they couldn't even go into Turkey right now because it's a little bit volatile there, and there's so many people on the ground already. So all the extra funds that people have contributed towards uh, relief work, you know, I think more of that uh, should be uh, uh, going into uh, into the actual uh, uh, cause, which is assistance of uh, the people. There's one uh, organization, an Ochoani organization, so they uh, d- do not use uh, any funds, you know. Zero funds are used on the volunteers. The volunteers pay from their own pockets. 100% donor, con- because I just came from Pretoria, Lodium. 100% donor funds uh, goes into the project. So I think we need more of those people around G. Uh, good point indeed. Uh, what special Ibadah should one perform on the 27th of Rajab Miraj night, Mufti? So Mi'raj night, the 27th, you know, there's disagreement among the ulama on which night it specifically happened. Not the ascension, it happened, but on which night it occurred. So there is no particular, no specific ibadah. It is the month of Rajab. So normal ibadah that applies to Hajjud, Tilaw, Quran, uh, Dhikr, making dua, crying during the night, uh, begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove all the difficulties and obstacles that have befallen this ummah, that we should do. We should not innovate new ibadah. 
uh, get together just in that, you know, yes, uh, the 27th of Rajab, normally it is commemorated by some ulama giving a lecture, but that is just to discuss the historical events that led up uh, and including uh, the actual Mi'raj and the Isra, you know, so the Mi'raj is the ascension to heaven and uh, the Isra is the night journey taken from Makkah uh, or from uh, from Makkah to uh, to Baitul Maqdis. So that is what it is, you know, and we should stick to that, inshallah, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, will the new Hajj Ministerial Committee replace Sahuk? Uh, Shafat, to be brutally honest, you know, I heard about this sometime last year when I came from Hajj, when uh, one person in government contacted me, and I didn't give it much thought, you know, and then uh, a day before the announcement was made, uh, that was last week and Wednesday, someone came to see me, actually, uh, to tell me about this ministerial committee, and that also, uh, I didn't uh, think uh, too much about that until it came out, uh, the message on Friday. So at uh, that time, I was sitting with a group of professionals and legal people, and we were discussing that. So most probably, that is government's way of worming their way in uh, to uh, religious affairs and religious regulation. So it starts off as a ministerial committee, irrespective of what they told you and what was said on other media platforms, you know, that once government gets involved into Islamic affairs and religious affairs, then they sort of want to control it under the guise of regulation. So, uh, yes, uh, Saud's days most probably will be numbered, uh, not uh, right now perhaps, uh, but in the very near future. So uh, these are all things that we have to look, study and uh, inspect and see who's been appointed to these committees and their backgrounds and if they are detrimental to Islam and uh, to the Muslims. Uh, look at that list that came out now there. So each one there, you know, most probably has their own agenda. But uh, they are assuring us uh, because of the expertise that they have with uh, relations towards uh, Saudi. So having uh, expertise in Saudi Arabia and the actual, actual Hajj, that are completely two separate issues, and it needs to be dealt with accordingly, Jean. Uh, Mufti Saab, I'm a new river to Islam, and alhamdulillah, I go to uh, perform a salat uh, five times a day. And uh, just the other day, I went and performed my salat in a well-known uh, mosque in uh, the Kauteng region. Two days later, I received an SMS on my WhatsApp which says uh, I must repeat my salah because of unforeseen circumstances. I want to know uh, many different uh, my, uh, thoughts uh, conge- uh, and conjectures come into my mind. Why must I repeat my salah? Or is the imam there looking for attention? Because other thoughts come into mind, like maybe there was flatulence or whatever. Why should this be advertised? We are actually making a laughing stock of ourselves if this gets into the hands of non-Muslims. Please, Mufti Ibrahim Smith, I have a lot of trust in you. That's why I'm uh, discussing this sensitive issue with you. Mufti Saab, how do you uh, respond to this uh, rebirth, brother? Yes, uh, most probably, you know, there are a few reasons. Either the imam, the person read behind, uh, he's regarded as someone who's not of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, so as such, uh, Salah behind him will not be valid then. Or, number two, the person himself reading the salah, uh, he could have invalidated the salah because, like you said, the flatulence or some other problem that uh, caused invalidation of salah. And that's why he was encouraged uh, to uh, repeat his salah. In such a case, uh, case, Shafat, you need to verify and ask the person that has given him the initial fatwa that uh, told him to repeat the salah. Why should he repeat the salah? And you should explain to him also why uh, um, salah should be repeated. You know, uh, it is not just because of attending a certain masjid that automatically, because sometimes salah behind the fasik is valid also. 
there's uh, no disagreement uh, amongst the scholars regarding that, yes. Uh, and uh, then, of course, a person is free to perform salat in any masjid as long as that masjid is uh, part of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. So this factionalism and this, this type of infighting, uh, we should uh, keep people that embrace Islam within the uh, confines of Islam and teach them slowly instead of, uh, you know, that uh, making them exit Islam as soon as they have entered. So there, a lot of wisdom is required, Shafat. And for this, I suggest always that the Reavers go and consult senior, senior scholars, people who have a wealth of experience uh, in this field, you know, and uh, people who have made uh, many other people Muslim also, and they know how to educate them, G. Yes, uh, Mufti. Hey, you're a diplomat, eh? You are a diplomat. <laughs> well, moving on, it says, why should we be cautious about what we eat in Saudi? Isn't it an Islamic country? Mm, with all a lot of un-Islamic garnishing. Yeah. Yes, uh, so perhaps on paper it's an Islamic country, you know, and uh, perhaps uh, during the time of Rasulullah in the Sahaba Tabi'in, in all those illustrious years, it used to be an Islamic country. Now we ourselves don't know what it is anymore because it has been uh, subdivided into religious and irreligious uh, b- 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 sections, you know. So why should you be cautious, uh, cautious when uh, eating in Saudi Arabia? It is because of import meats from Brazil, import meats from France and all these other places, mechanically slaughtered chicken. So you have two types there, you have fresh Lamb, wherever it's advertised, so that means it's been slaughtered according to Sharia, and uh, the mutton and the lamb that they sell, uh, that you can buy. So normally some of these Bangladeshi, Pakistani shops, they will sell it. And then you get wataniya. Wataniya means locally sourced chicken, homegrown chicken that is also slaughtered in accordance uh, to Sharia, so that you can eat. But the restaurants uh, and the chefs, they themselves don't know uh, where it comes from or, or how it has been procured or what they're using as ingredients because there's a buying staff that purchase these things and uh, they just forward it to the kitchen. So there you, uh, you, uh, is the biggest problem because now you're compromising your ibadah, eating a morsel of haram while performing uh, an incredible journey in ibadah like hajj. You don't want to taint your hajj. You don't want to spoil your ibadah. You don't want to stand on arafah with a belly filled with haram. You think Allah is going to accept your hajj. Allah is going to accept your du'as. No, it's not going to happen. You have to be very cautious. Buy and make your own food if you're unsure. You know, take whatever you can with and uh, the rest of the ingredients, fish, etc., that you can source from Saudi Arabia. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Is there any alternative that is permissible according to Islamic teachings? Instead of a financial penalty that Islamic banks can stipulate that the customer should pay in real estate transactions such as these in order to guarantee that he will pay installments on time. Mufti? Yes, so there's no such thing uh, as a penalty, you know, default penalty. There is one view in the Maliki Madhab that the Hanafi ulama and uh, local banks, Islamic banks, or those operating in uh, disguise as Islamic institutions, Islamic windows within conventional banks uh, that they use. So there is one view that uh, uh, exists in the Maliki Madhab, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we can just adopt it here, you know. There's no such thing as adding a penalty onto late payments or payments which have been deferred. Uh, that uh, The Quran exhorts us to give, you know, that we should give a little bit of respite until the person is able uh, to uh, repay a person. You know, that is what the Quran exhorts. And then immediately after that, uh, the Quran says, But if you give a sadaqah and a right of your charity, that is even better. So Islam is permitted to some of, you know, that we should accommodate one another with regards to the repayment of loans. Yes, uh, unless the person has sufficient money, but he's lazy, 
to pay back or is stingy to pay back, then he could, can be taken uh, to task by being reported to the necessary Islamic authorities. But we, within a conventional uh, system like we live here in a democracy, there is not uh, much uh, that we can do other than run to the secular kufar cause for small claims, etc., which we do not want to do. But imposing a penalty, so that is two transactions in one transaction now, so that extra money will be considered as usually an interest, and we should refrain from the G. Assalamu alaikum. I heard a clip uh, where the speaker mentioned that uh, Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu anhu uh, buried his daughter alive. Is this true, Mufti? That is a story that is famous on the tongues of many people who tell stories, uh, sometimes the speakers, sometimes lecturers also. They mentioned this incident with Sayyiduna Umar and uh, uh, supposedly and allegedly buried his daughter in a dust fell on, on her and she grabbed his beard and he started weeping, etc. So that has not been recorded in any of our authentic books uh, or, or, or any of our reliable uh, books, uh, Shafat, uh, that we came to know that it could be a Shia fabrication against, uh, you know, the, the, the being of uh, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu against his credibility, against his rank uh, as the second Khalifa of Islam. So stories like this unverified stories, that should be discarded. Uh, we shouldn't even think about it, you know, uh, because if it had happened, he would have mentioned it uh, as he was a very, very outspoken, very, very open person, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, is uh, Zakat you on my delivery vehicle? Your delivery vehicle, there's no Zakat you on your delivery vehicle because you de- your delivery vehicle is also perhaps sometimes used for your personal transport as well. Zakat is on the profits that you procure and uh, that uh, you receive uh, through delivery. So the cash that you make from there uh, at the end of the lunar year, you will calculate how much profit you've made. And uh, then you will calculate your Zakat amount from that. G. Uh, Mufti Saab, uh, there is a system that measures uh, glucose without finger pricks by placing a patch on the shoulder, which remains uh, for 14 days. Then it is removed from the arm or and replaced with another patch. Uh, glucose is monitored by a wireless method by passing a device over the patch. If the patch is taken off before its time, it stops working. My question is, what is the ruling on the patch when doing gusal? May Allah bless you, Mufti. Yes, so uh, that is new technology. You know, I was considering uh, using that same patch because uh, then I can monitor my glucose levels as well. I have looked into that. It has been around for some time. So that will be treated then as part of the skin, like any plaster or any part of the skin uh, that underwent, underwent operation. And uh, they put plaster of Paris on there or a bandage on there. So you will wash the area around that patch. You know, you will have to cover it. And a ghusl will still be valid and your hudu will still be valid. And likewise, your solar will still be valid because it is a medical, uh, it is a piece of medical equipment. Uh, and it is vital also for the, the monitoring of glucose for those people who are unable to check their glucose regularly. So, uh, yes, a Shafat, a person can use it. Uh, he must just make sure that he covers it when he performs gusal. I don't know that uh, how much uh, of water uh, can penetrate in there or if it is uh, waterproof, etc. that they can discuss with the manufacturer and with the suppliers. From a Fiki perspective, a person can use it and his gusal will be valid. G. Dr. Mufti Brimsmith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mufti, your comments on the two state of disasters. 
Hey, Shafat, you know, what is there to commend? The government itself is a state of disaster. And now they want to make the citizens also uh, suffer under a state of disaster. On the one side, we have uh, the electricity crisis, which they have created. And uh, the, the creators of the disaster is calling for a state of the disaster to put the people further in the, the, into disaster. Now, uh, because of the Durban floods in all these other places, that has also been... Uh, described and called for as a state of disaster. It would have been good and fine if uh, they could expedite the help and assistance to those people really affected and those people requiring assistance. But uh, even now, you are from uh, KZN Shafat, the people, those from Isipingo, those other areas that were affected during the floods, they're still waiting for kickbacks and assistance from government. It's almost a year. So, yes, while the looting will continue and the enrichment of, 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 uh, of people will continue and those that submit tenders, they will benefit. The general public on the ground don't benefit from any state of disaster. We saw it in lockdown and it's uh, repeating itself here. So, please, that, that uh, you know, refrain from supporting these type of initiatives until they deliver services, until there's proper management of funds in service delivery, then we will continue to support that. But until they uh, continue and do what they do, then I have no hope for this government, G. Absolutely brilliant. Flate, flate on story is <laughs> And Alhamdulillah. Allah bless you, your parting words, Mufisab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it uh, easy, uh, Shafat, you know, for this ummah. Uh, that uh, there's many programs tonight that go and uh, derive benefit uh, from this. Learn about the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Also send abundant durood upon our Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam. Jazakullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair to all of you for sending in those uh, beautiful questions. Uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith firing on all cylinders. Yusuf Asmar, brilliant tech indeed. Uh, keep it locked on to Sirius FM for beautiful programming. And remember, we get into our spiritual hour. And also, uh, our Mufti A.K. Hussain uh, will be giving uh, the uh, translation of the Jumma Qudba. Uh, from the Holy Lands. From the team and I till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.